Levi, are you ready for some incisive conversation? I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little thrown off because we started the show note just what today or was it yesterday? I think today. it was today. Yeah, it was today we just because I, I I created one and sent it to you, but I guess something goofed up or something. I don't and know. I guess it did because I, I saw you sent me one and then I didn't see it anywhere, yeah. so I created another one. We're trying to use notes instead of instead of using uh, Google Docs, which I've been a fan of. I like that we're using notes because I like I just like it. I like notes. Um, so yeah, you created the the new show note today, and before I even had a chance to look at it, it was just chock full of follow up, and it was all from from you. So so what's going on here? Here we go. So so last week, which was two days ago, <laughs> last week's episode in podcast time. Right, right. I'm about to go on vacation, and so we won't have an episode for a week and a half for two weeks, and so here we are. And last week we talked about Anchorman because you know. We're a current events podcast <laughs> and we talked about Anchorman 2 and I talked about how Anchorman 2 was insightful, but the first word I used was incisive. And I really thought I had just like made up that word, but apparently it was one of those things where my brain knew what it was doing, but it just like my subconscious knew what it was doing. Yeah. But my conscious mind was like, what are you doing? Wait, what? Subconscious? what are you talking about? And then after I was listening to the episode, um, after, after you released it, then I went and looked it up and incisive means intelligently analytical and clear thinking. Accurate and sharply focused. And it was very incisive. Boom, right? That's exactly yeah. a great word to use for how Anchorman 2 treated the current age and really predicted it so well. Yeah, and then we talked about inflation, another I word. And I said, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. And you did. And the first thing you said was something to the effect First thing of, I said was that money in the future... You said you made it sound like it was worth. You made it sound like it was worth more. Money now is worth less than money in the future. Yeah, and when you said that, I said, "Really?" Because I thought it was the exact opposite of that. And it is the exact opposite of that. You're a smart cookie, Levi. Believe in yourself. (laughs) Be confident and call me on it. Because what I meant to say was that money in the future is worth more than money now. And all my all my examples. Your examples were dead on. Getting paid in gallons of milk and in money from the 1920s and money from now. They were all they were all dead on and, and described inflation well, but my actual definition of it was the exact opposite. And I have a lot of weird food things. I think you've probably heard some of these things throughout the years. I don't I don't know. I don't know what I share with people and what I don't. Um, I have really weird that things was about, not about the eggs. Sentence well, that I was expecting let to come me, out let of me your get, mouth. Let me get to it. Uh there's nothing more disgusting in the entire world to me than milk. So when you were giving those examples, my mind was not really following what you were saying because I was thinking, <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to get paid milk ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you knew what you were talking about, but your subconscious again, got a little out in front of you. Well, I mean, I, I said it incorrectly that time. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I said, <laughs> I thought that it was the exact opposite. Um, that was my five-year-old brain going, are you sure about that? Right. Are you right. sure? Uh, you saw Mission Impossible. You did not use MoviePass to see it. Certainly did not. So we went on Cinemark Tuesday with regular shows being 525. Mm, yeah. And then it turned out that in Conway, the regular shows were like four-ish and nine-ish. And we really needed to go at 
seven or so because it's a two and a half hour movie for one thing. Yeah. So a nine o'clock was out of the question and we couldn't make it for the four because I had something I had to do. So the seven o'clock was it, but the seven o'clock was just an XD, which especially on a Tuesday, that's usually 525 for regular shows. It's 725 for an XD show, but especially for a movie like Mission Impossible. Yes. It was great. It was, it was worth it. It was, it was totally one to see an XD. It probably would have been worth the actual full price on a non-Tuesday, oh, but yeah, it, was, sure. it was totally worth it. That last 20 minutes. And it was a full theater. Um, oh, was Tuesday, it? Tuesday is no joke at Cinemark, especially, I think, on the, in the XD theaters. I think the, I've only gone to a Tuesday showing one time, and, it was, and I went to the late show, so it was like not an issue in, in terms of... Uh, you know, being crowded, but right. um, yeah, the last twenty minutes alone of that movie are, would have been worth it on the on the XD screen. It was great. It was great throughout. But I I did realize that I I understand why you had a hard time watching it at the movie tavern because it's definitely not the style of movie to watch while you're eating. Because you, you really have to pay attention to everything. And there's not like lulls in that movie. So I think more of like a comedy um, where you're listening as much as you're watching is, is a better yeah. movie tavern movie. Um, but but a Mission Impossible, you know, action thriller like that, not, not so much. Yeah, because I didn't want to miss something while I was looking for my chicken wing. But yes, in the dark. <laughs> yes, because there are no lights. There are no lights. No lights. Still. Which you wouldn't want there to be. A whole lot I of could lights. I use a little bit of light. I feel like, so I feel like the initial times, the first few times I went to the movie tavern, there was more lighting. Like they kept the lights kind a of little bit up lighting. and it was kind of bothersome. And I think maybe they've kind of, maybe they've, they've probably gotten some complaints about that. And yeah. So now they really turn them off, but it's, it's tough because and that, that those two things don't necessarily mix with one another. So Philip, your mission, if you choose to accept it, which you should, is you've got to go back and watch the OG Mission Impossible from, I still think it's from 1996. I didn't look to confirm. But it, is, it is 1996. <laughs> I, I looked live and I didn't correct you because you were right. And then you also need to see Mission Impossible 2 and just prepare to laugh insanely because it, you might as well be watching Face Off or something okay. like that. When you're I've never w- seen Face Off either. Oh my God, <laughs> Philip, what do you mean? Have you seen Con Air? I've never not seen. Oh, Con Air. what? You haven't seen any of these amazingly horrible but simultaneously awesome Nick Cage movies. This is continuing the week that I've had at work, where my coworkers keep asking me about '80s movies, and I haven't seen oh. very many of them. I haven't seen Goonies. Oh. I haven't seen. <laughs> you gotta stop talking. Oh my god! I haven't gosh. seen Ghostbusters. Oh my god! Stop it! Are you American? <laughs> I, I, I was not allowed to watch movies that I wasn't allowed to watch PG 13 movies until I was darn near 13. And this goes back to our discussion from last week. Yes, it does. This you were, I had a slightly (laughs) different childhood than you and you know, and that I am working. I didn't get my first job until I was, (laughs) well, I started refereeing soccer at 13. Um, see, not, not too bad. So I mean, pretty early, but um, I also, so I started, I got my first job the same year that I started watching PG-13 movies. Oh, if okay. we want to put it that way. Because you turned 13. Right. So you were allowed I to I actually saw Batman and Robin. That was the first PG-13 movie that I saw, oh, which man. I know is also distressing. And that was when I was 12. Um, 
That's, that's in, the Batman in Colorado. <laughs> It was rough. I mean, Mr. Freeze was in it. Honestly, though, if we're honest, though, as a 12 year old, it was it was great. I mean, it was because I was going to be entertained by anything. And Mr. Freeze was cool. And okay, so every movie that we've mentioned are definite must sees. You've got to see other than Batman and Robin. Yeah. 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 Let's let's clarify. Don't don't see Batman and Robin. I don't even think I'll ever show that to my child. Um, I have more than one child, so I don't know why, why I said just child, but you have to see Goonies. You have to see Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2, you can pass on that. But Face Off and Con Air, I mean, these are like the epitome of, you know, the 90s Nick Cage movies. They're horrible, but you got to see them. And then after you watch Face Off and Con Air, you must immediately go and download the How Did This Get Made episodes of Con Air and Face Off because... The only thing more amazing than the movies are those podcasts on them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta watch them. And then somewhere in there, you've got to sneak in mission impossible and mission impossible too. just go through the whole gamut. So mission impossible, because the movie just came out, I think the early ones are on stars or something right now. We have stars through Blair's grandma, which is great. Yeah, because um, they have some good movies on there a lot of times, and so I I think I may get get to those pretty soon. Um, do you do you like Top Gun? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, it's been longer since yeah. I've seen it because I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, well, well, I can't I can't really say if that's a must see because I really don't even remember it. All right. Um, I, I know they're making a sequel, and Val Kilmer has lost some weight to, uh, to come I back. I don't feel like it's a must see. I I, I feel like some of these are overrated but many of them are you are just not, looking at a list of tom cruise movies i know I'm, I'm looking at a list of best best 1980s movies on google well, well first of all back to the future has so that's to the be first on one listed. okay okay as well it should be and i did not see that until eh, two two and a half years ago oh my gosh, and i watched really? just all three of them pretty quickly they were on some channel around the time that the um the time was oh, okay. So that was three years ago. Three. Thank you. 2015. Thank you. Uh, Kane and I were having a discussion about back to the future yesterday because he knows that back to the future is my favorite movie. And he was like, well, when do they go to the future? And I said, Oh, well that's in the second movie. And then I said, but technically it's the past now <laughs> because we're already past 2015. But right. Anyway, I was, I was confusing him. So, so hard. So you like mission impossible fallout? I, that was, great i can't think of i mean really they're all great i love they're just fun movies they're just fun movies especially to experience in the theaters and as long as tom cruise keeps making them uh, my wife and i will will go and and watch them together because she loves them too man it has been an interesting week again for movie pass it's been an interesting two days so it is it is wednesday august 1st as we speak and we recorded our last episode on Monday, <laughs> July 30th. Yes. And we talked a whole lot about MoviePass on that episode. So one would think that there couldn't be much more to talk about two days later. And one would be wrong because there have been an enormous amount of happenings with old MoviePass. So... We talked, just to briefly summarize what we talked about on 
Monday, we talked about you quitting MoviePass because um, peak pricing is just making it more expensive than you expected it would be because mm -hmm. they originally did not expect peak pricing and this is something they're trying to use to save themselves now. Yes. And the ultimate, the ultimate betrayal for me was that you just, you can't even see Mission Impossible. Right. And so secondly, Mission Impossible was the first movie that they designated as new release that we will not be covering for what we thought may just be one week. But it turns out that this policy they had, they just hadn't announced it yet. Yeah. Yeah. They, now, they, they made the rule before they told anybody. Very much so. So now they've actually come out and said, hey, that thing you saw happen with Mission Impossible, it's going to be happening with all new releases and for the first two weeks that they're out. So for the first two weeks, except it's not all new releases. I should take that back because the wording major very much was, well, it's like some new releases, like not all new releases. And I don't really, it's really going to be just it, whatever it they must choose. Be based on like maybe some partnerships that they have with certain I studios. Don't know. I, don't I don't know. Either. It's very strange. Um, I mean, Basically, it, the movies be, you really want to see. To be seen, though. To be seen. Because what we are learning with MoviePass is they say one thing and they keep it vague. And then they do what they were probably already planning on doing, but they were just never going to describe it that way. Because when you describe it that way, it sounds pretty terrible. And you're going to get immediate breakups like like what happened with me. Right. Right. Um, so they, they upped the monthly price from $10 to $15. This is yesterday. Um, up the monthly price from $10 to $15. And they announced this new releases, not covered, not supported for the first two weeks that they are released. And they had... Wait, there's more? They had this uh, little blurb, and let me find it, because I just have to, I just have to tell you just how vague they are. And it's the sort of thing where... Hey, if, if they describe it that way, but it turns out the way that it should, then that's not all bad. But if if they want to really use all the vagueness and ambiguity that they exercised there, that's not so good. And they are exercising that ambiguity. So this is from the CEO. Um, he said, we need to make some modifications uh, to maintain a high level of financial discipline. Some of I love, which... I love the words they use. Some of which we already made and just hadn't told you yet. Right, right. Uh, we must reduce availability for big new release titles. That's that's what they call them, big new release titles, such as Mission Impossible Fallout and other popular new releases, which I've heard definitely include Christopher Robin and The Meg. For some reason, those are the two that have been pointed out in all the articles. It's like, these are the next two on the chopping block for two weeks, basically. Um, I don't know if others that are being released, I don't know what else is being released on Friday, but anyways. Yeah, but see, I don't even know why they, I, those two movies combined aren't going to make anywhere near what Mission Impossible is going to make. Well, of course, which is, which is very much, I think, why they didn't wait to implement this until they could <laughs> tell anybody about right. it. Right. Because if I guarantee you that, I mean, with how, with how, with how on the brink they are right now, if they would have... If they would have let people use it for Mission Impossible, they'd be done. They'd be done, yeah. They'd be absolutely done. It's it's very similar to what happened with the policy on repeat viewings because that policy came in super fast right before Avengers came out, which makes sense, right? I mean, right. they would have got taken to the woodshed just on Infinity War alone. People, you know, going back and seeing that two, three, four times. 
so that that policy just appeared out of nowhere right before Avengers came out. But they did, at least. And it's strange to give somebody credit for doing this. They announced the policy before they implemented it. I guess. I mean, I didn't even know. I, the way I found out was in the app when I really? saw that. I, I believe they did. I believe they announced it. They and may have. They didn't have any, you know, really uh, much time before they announced it, but announced it before they implemented it. So um, they are going to have to do that at least. They're going to have to reduce availability for big new release titles at least for a while as they adjust the business model. They're uh, working on making this more clear in the app so you know which titles are available. Right? Yeah. Secondly, and here's Vague City. Here is Ambiguityville. Showtimes that are offered through our service will vary from day to day. And every showtime may not be available. We encourage you to check the MoviePass app for showtimes before you leave for the theater. Yes. Very and important so, that you do that before you leave because you can only check in once you get to the theater. Right. You can still see. Right. See it way ahead of but time. But you don't want to get there and then realize, day, oh, I should say. I can't see this movie. And then you'd be really upset. Well, I mean, you just got to pay for it at that point, I guess, unless you can't afford it and just don't see it. Or what you're going to have to wait to do, because what this what this played out as today, I haven't told you any of this. You may not know any of this. So Blair and I were going to see Three Identical Strangers at 435 at the Rave. And at about, I, I'm, I, I wouldn't really watch this. I mean, I, I read that. I read that from the CEO and I was like, that's, that's a weird, not all showtimes. Showtimes will vary day to day. Okay. We'll see what that looks like. And so Blair texted me at about one thirty, and said, Hey, on movie pass, only the first and last showings for every movie are showing as available to use movie pass for. So every theater that you looked at, except for e-ticketing theaters, everything we say does not apply to e-ticketing theaters. Those are still just as that you can, you can even see mission impossible at e-ticketing theaters. Oh really? Um, okay. Cause I mean, they've got partnerships there. So it's, it's, it's a whole different, it's a whole different for thing for the 211, not having to mess with the credit card stuff across all 50 States. Yeah. So, um, but I don't even think there, are, there are any none in, Arkansas. In, in Arkansas. Yeah. Um, there's one in Tulsa for what it's worth. Um, but so Blair texted me about 1.30 and said, I just looked at Movie Pass and it's just the first and the last showtimes for for every theater. I was like, that's uh, that's weird, dumb. Well, okay, you know, crazy times with Movie Pass, you know, continue. <laughs> and then about uh, 2.30, 2.45, I just popped it up real quick and it was showing all the showtimes except for seven o'clock. I think I don't think it was showing the seven o'clock showings, um, but it was showing like the one o'clock, the four o'clock and the 10 o'clock say for all these different movies. So I was like, Oh, okay. That, that's cool. Maybe we'll actually be able to use it today. Sweet. Hopefully that stays. And that was about two 30, about a uh, three 30 rolls around and gone. It's gone. And so then we went to our movie at four 35 and we got there a little early. Like we got there at like four 20 and I, so Blair was driving, I was driving, we parked. I was like, yeah, it's, it's not in there right now, but I mean, maybe it'll come before 435. I was like, do you want to wait and see if it becomes available? She was like, no, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of put out with it. I'm feeling a little bit like Levi and let's just buy these tickets and get in this theater. And I checked it a few more times after we had actually gotten in the theater and it never did, never did come. 
And I, I was almost kind of happy about that because I was really going to be, yeah, right, <laughs> really going to be even more peeved. So here's here's my for the here's my question. Man, well, I have came. I have seen stories online of them being good about refunding, like when there have been outages of them refunding, you know, ticket price. So I wonder if that's something like if you did see later that it became available, right? Maybe so. But at this point, like especially with that with that wording. This is very much intentional. Now, why it was going back and forth is anyone's guess. I'm sure, you know, the back end of MoviePass probably is <laughs> looking pretty ragged at yeah. this point. And uh, their, their programmers are a little bit overworked right now, I'm sure. So, but it'd be interesting. I mean, if that's what they go to long term, uh, that'd be an interesting model. I don't think that's going to be that attractive to people. Right. You can only see the first of the last show. So as we talked last week, I'm done. I'm done with MoviePass. You're still in the game at least until March because you prepaid for a year. But hypothetically, if you were paying month to month, what do you think you would do now? I would very likely go with what I pointed you to, which is this other service called Cinema with an S. I think it's actually Cinemia. Yeah, that might be right, but it shouldn't be. It should be cinema. It sounds weird, right? But I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, it, you're right. It's spelled that way. You're right. But yeah, I'm, it's kind of weird. I'm going to respectfully not call it that because <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just going to call it cinema with an S. Okay. It's not like you to, you know, purposefully be wrong about something, but, you but know, I'll, I'll let I've, you do it. I've, I've, I kind of like I've it. Been trying to, I've been trying to just be a little looser. I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> you know, if there's a real reason to be right. But if there's not, if there's a better reason to be wrong, okay, let's be wrong. All right, it's a slippery slope, Philip. I like it. Yeah, you you pointed this uh, out to me after our show uh, a few days ago, and I've been looking really hard at these uh, these plans. Uh, like I said, my movie pass is up. I think around the eighth or somewhere around there. Uh, I, I'm definitely interested in this service. The the kicker for me though is that. Um, I really like the plans and the variety of plans they have. Um, they have family options too. So you can sign up for uh, two tickets, three tickets. I guess you can keep going as high as you need. I didn't really test that out, but uh, like in theory, I could, I could sign up for like four tickets uh, twice a month or three times a month, I guess, depending on which plan I picked. And then, you know, the whole family could go. So we're not taking Everly to a movie yet. Cause we're not crazy running in there with a, a two-year-old but everyone thanks you for that oh, i know right when people walk in side note when people walk in with their car seats and i love children let me rephrase that i love my children but i would never do that to someone else like i have i have enough respect for other people that i, I just wouldn't risk it i couldn't there's no way i could do that you know but hey Everybody's got to make their own decision. Anyway, bad decision. These family plans are really cool. They're they're so affordable in that they're affordable depending on how you use MoviePass. And like I li- I lined this out uh, in the last episode. Typically, how I use MoviePass is I see two or three movies a month. That's kind of what it's averaged out to be. Looking at the the length of time I've had it and the number of movies I've seen, and I'm always. usually always going with my wife who doesn't have movie pass. So factoring in all those costs, this, this program is way cheaper than, uh, I say way it's, it's a few, few dollars cheaper than 
overall for how I use MoviePass. This is true. The thing about cinemas pricing is that it's hard for me to know what it actually is because they're having this summer sale promo right now, which is probably as much of a movie pass promo as it is a summer sale promo, yeah. being honest. Yeah. And they have their regular prices, you know, uh, str- struck through. That's true. Yeah. The way, they're, the way their promo prices work, it's cheaper. Yeah. But I really wonder, like, are they really going to hop to that actual price or is that more of like an Amazon price that's always going to be struck through and yeah. they're always going to be running some kind of promo? Because, um, I mean, if I'm just looking at their standard deals, then uh, it looks like, so one movie per month would be twelve ninety nine. Is that right? I don't understand. If you're on the, uh, yeah, if you're on the the individual plan. All right, so twelve ninety nine per month gets you one movie Per month, which doesn't make sense. So, like their their pri- their regular prices don't really make sense to me. So, I wonder if they're just like always running a promo. And because right now you can get uh one movie per month for three ninety nine per month. Yeah, that's a great deal, deal if you're just using one. You can get two movies per month for seven ninety nine a month. Or if you want to see three D movies, you can pay. Nine ninety nine a month, which for three D movies is dang good because right. I don't like three D movies at all and never want to see one ever again. But if you do, that's pricey. Well, and really IMAX, quickly. IMAX XD, IMAX, IMAX well. is included in that too, and 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 the XD. So you're right about that. Right about that. Um, and then three movies per month is right now in this promo fifteen dollars a month. So I mean, it's a, it's a good deal under the promo. Um, the regular price they have listed for three movies per month is thirty five dollars. That doesn't make a lick of sense. So I really, I really wonder. I think the last time that I looked at cinema, which was before I joined MoviePass, I think they were also running a promo and also had these prices yeah. <laughs> struck through. So I just wonder if those are really ever the actual right. price. It may just be something where they're just trying to make you feel like you're getting a good deal, which exactly. is which is fine because to me, the way I use MoviePass, if I signed up for the two movies per month for for a family with two tickets. It, it's a great deal for for me, and I'm I'm inclined to go to the three tickets a month. And if I just happen to go by myself one time, or you know, it's still a good deal to me to to pay a little extra, and then also on top of that, be able to get the IMAX or the the XD option thrown in there as well. Um, no limits on how many times you see a movie. No Mission Impossible <laughs> not being able to to be seen at all, or for the first two or three weeks, whatever uh, Movie Pass is doing. Uh, I think this is a a really great option for me once my Movie Pass runs out. The thing I the thing I'm going back and forth on is um, there's a <clears throat> there's a membership fee if you're paying month to month, an initial membership fee. So if I could somehow swing, you know, paying for a full year up front, then you you miss that it'd be $20 per person. So I mean, that's a pretty significant little fee there, even though it's, you probably make that up over the course of a year. Uh, if you, if you use the the tickets every month. Um, but that's kind of what I'm, I'm going back and forth on is, yeah, I think I'd like to just pay a year up front and, and not have to pay that 40 extra dollars uh, to sign up. So they're pricing, whatever it may be for one. I mean, you'll notice that at least from what I can see, they don't have an unlimited plan. No. That does not exist for them because they want it's to stay in business. Sustainable. Yeah. And so I think that when it comes to 
like considering an annual plan with them, I think you can feel a lot better about that Mm -hmm. because they're clearly putting a little more thought, it seems, into actually sticking around. And I could see a whole lot of, I mean, I could see them benefiting a whole lot because people have gotten used to just using a subscription to see a few movies a month. And yeah, this is going to be more expensive than the $10 or even the $15 now that you can pay with MoviePass. But if you've got peak pricing on top of that, I will say though, is MoviePass still going to try peak pricing when that's going to be on the third weekend that the movie is out? Uh, it, I mean, I'm guessing yes, but it's just all the more ridiculous. If the way they're currently using it is in the indication, then I would say yes. <laughs> all right, because you said it's on every single movie. Basically, I mean, that's there were crazy. there were a few that it, it wasn't on, and they may have been at three week that three week range. Yeah. I, I got to remember exactly how long. That's interesting. Been they are just flying by the seat. And it was every showing. That's weird. I mean, I mean, it, I've heard that. I've heard similarly from other. I've heard. Ten a.m. Read similarly from people on Twitter. Ten a.m. is not peak pricing right, time. Okay, right. there's nobody in the 10, theater. Ten a.m. Ten p.m. Right, those extremes. I'm excited. I, I'm glad that you sent that to me because, um, you know, I was going to go with the Cinemark uh, Movie Pass or not Movie Pass Movie Club, uh, but it just like it. You know, it it wasn't the greatest option. I didn't feel like and. Um, you know they were going to upcharge for XD uh, if I if I wanted to go that route. Do you ever see matinees? Yeah, because that's the yeah. super weird thing about the Cinemark Movie Club is that it totally de incentivizes matinees. Right. Yeah, because it's you'd really be paying dumb. more. Yeah, so I don't understand that at all. It's it's very strange. I that seems like a very quickly put together strange little movie club they have there. Yeah, I think it was just kind of their way to say, oh hey, you know. Maybe we could get in and get a little bit of money off of, off yeah. of the service. I like wonder. That. I wonder what their numbers look like, and I wonder if AMC's A list takes off. If if Cinemark would put together something more along those lines, yeah. which I would totally be up for because in town and at the rave is where we see most of our movies. So th- that would be that'd be really great. Yeah. The other um, thing about Cinemark did Cinemark's option. Is the uh, you know the the discount on concessions? I don't ever buy concessions when I go to a movie unless we're like with the whole family, which is the dumb time to buy concessions. I should just do it when I'm by myself. But um, I, when I go to the movies, I, I just I don't spend money on concessions. But if you're someone that always gets a bucket of popcorn and a and a Coke icy when you go see a movie, then that's not you know that's a nice little perk getting twenty percent off of the exorbitant amounts you're paying for popcorn. Right. And AMC A-List um, has has the same. Um, I think they have the same 20% even discount on concessions. So and I didn't realize this. I, I was thinking that AMC A-List was three movies a month. It's three movies every week. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's if, really good. Listen, if we had an AMC theater Absolutely. here in town, I, that would, I would be on that real fast. Um, but honestly though, the, the most I used movie pass in a single month was three, three times. It might've been four, but I'm pretty sure it was just three times. So you know, options like this, I don't need an unlimited option. I mean, it sounds great. It's just like unlimited data in your phone plans. It sounds great, but it's absolutely unnecessary for most people. You know, I mean, for most use cases, you don't need unlimited data. It just sounds like this safe option, but if you looked at your data usage, you'd see 
you don't even come close to your your. That's true. Probably. Yeah, if you got if you got a plan that gives you three or four movies a month, that's almost always going to be yeah. plenty. That's going to work for me. And if someday if something crazy happens and we have an AMC theater and the AMC uh, thing still exists, because let's be honest about this, Philip. As soon as MoviePass dies, do you really think all these other services are going to just keep hanging around too? Once they've killed off MoviePass, the thing that was sucking money away from them. I think they will. Because I think they've priced themselves. Because they haven't priced themselves against MoviePass. I think they've priced themselves. I think they've, I think they've released themselves at this time to receive everybody that falls out of MoviePass yeah. to, to another subscription. That yeah it's, more, yeah, it's more expensive than MoviePass was, but there's a good reason for that. And we're actually going to work well. And in how most people use MoviePass, it's really not that much more expensive. Right. Now, this is, especially when it comes to peak pricing being mm-hmm. part of MoviePass. I mean, if you can either pay $20 a month and that's it, or you can pay $10 a month and pay, you know, four or five bucks whenever you see a movie. Like, if you see more than two movies, AMC is actually a better deal. If you're only seeing movies at AMC, like, that is the thing that I like about Cinema with an S. It's not actually called that. Cinemia. That... I, that you can go to multiple different theaters like that to me is really valuable because I don't, I don't want to be pigeonholed right. to just one theater. Now, again, if Cinemark came out with an AMC A-list type of thing, I could be pigeonholed to our theater in town and, and the rave and that would work out pretty much just fine because that's where I've seen 85% of my movies. Yeah. Um, we go to the movie tavern sometimes we've been to the Breckenridge a time or two, but it's basically the rave or in town. And to correct myself, um, A-list gets you uh, 10% back on food and drinks. New iOS 12 beta out this week. Philip, what's frustrating you now about I cannot, this? cannot update my Apple Watch Still? at all. Now, at least it gives me, it has the decency now to immediately, when I hit software update in the general menu, it doesn't even try to download anything. It just says, uh, here's a nice cryptic message. Your Apple Watch is not connected. You're not connected to your Apple Watch, and your Apple Watch is not connected to the internet, so this isn't going to work. And that, this, mind you, I'm just trying to download 4.3.2 on this Apple yeah, Watch. Now, right. You're not I've trying got, to get the watch OS I've got the data. iOS 12. I've, I've, I've taken the profile off the watch. I'm just trying to you get to the latest dream. version of well, I'm trying to get to the latest version of watch OS four. Cause maybe that'll help it get to the, to, to watch OS five in some way, but it won't, it, I I'm, I'm probably going to have to unpair and repair and do all this business, but I'm not ready to ready to do that yeah. quite yet. It's not a fun thing to have to do. It's not It's like a whole day. Gone. It's really not. At all. I mean, it shouldn't be a whole day, but <laughs> it feels like it, it feels like it. it's it, it, it really, you know, it throws you for a loop for at least a whole day is what it does. I I don't I don't have anything else in iOS 12 necessarily. Um I I noticed some things in CarPlay um as I had my I I usually have my uh iOS 11 uh phone plugged in for CarPlay um because it has better service because it has service through Verizon. But I plugged in my my personal iPhone SE that has the iOS 12 beta on. It has Sprint service, which is not so good. I was actually <laughs> a little uh, snippet of a story. I was on the phone with Sprint um, because of a billing issue on my way back from from the rave, and there was this dead spot that I knew I was going to hit, and I'd, I'd given a callback number, but the uh, 
I hit the dead spot right as the customer service person had just told me that what they had told me was going to happen didn't happen. And they weren't sure they were going to be able to make it happen. And then I just lost the call. Perfect. Timing. <laughs> and then they didn't call me back. I'm kind of thinking I had given them a callback number. Like she had asked me for one. And I was like, yeah, this number that you're working on. And uh, I wonder if she was like, well, that's knock, the knock, end of that. Not calling him back because he just hung up on me. <laughs> it's like actually hit that uh hit that nice uh dead spot in Mayflowers, what I did. But anyway, so that was funny. But anyway, so I had it plugged in and I noticed some uh some interesting things. One thing is that uh the buttons in uh, in CarPlay are now rounded wrecks. They've been rectangles in oh. iOS eleven. And it I never realized how weird it was. Until I saw rounded rect buttons and I was like, yeah, that looks right. That looks different. And that's what it's supposed to have looked like from the very beginning. It's really weird. It also sounds like you spent some time in an Apple store recently. I did spend some time very recently in an Apple store about four hours ago, three, four or five hours ago. Um, we were eating at the uh, delicious uh, Yaya's Euro Bistro in the Chanel Promenade. Highly recommend that place. It is good stuff. And we had a 20-minute wait for our table. And so I said, that's all right. I think I think we can deal with that. Hey, Blair, what does anybody really think about hopping over and checking out, checking out the Apple store? How do you and feel I really, about typing? So I, I was trying to really quickly, because I mean, I'll go to the Apple store. This is my second question for you coming up. I'll go to the Apple store no matter what. Like I can go spend some good time in the Apple store. It doesn't matter if there had been anything released in months. But as we're walking over there, I, it really didn't hit me. It didn't hit me immediately. I was thinking like, hey, is there anything that I really want to try? Like as soon as I get in there, I couldn't really think of anything. I was like, I can't really go in there and probably like run anything that's going to tax that processor. <laughs> you know, that old, <laughs> that old six core. They down. probably don't have that sitting out anyways. Right? That's, a, that's a build to order if there ever was one. So... But I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, keyboard. You got to be there to check that out. And let me tell you what. Blair didn't think so at all. Blair was like, this, no, this, this, is this not? Is her second gen? Or- hers is second. Okay. Hers is, no, hers, hers is second and a half gen. Okay. She has the most recent uh, MacBook Escape. Okay. Which is the MacBook so Pro. The second no gen uh, butterfly keyboard. Right. It's yeah. the, well, yeah, it's the two point, basically. It's the one after second gen, which they did a little bit of, of improvement on. Um, made it made it a little bit quieter. They did. That sounded very Yoda like. <laughs> <laughs> made it a little bit quieter. They did. Yes, I like that. Yes, um, but so I went and started typing on it, and I was like, "Oh my, this is so much. This feels so much better." She started typing right next to me, and she was like. It was exactly the same to me, to mine. I was like, really? Was it a fill as much as it was a sound? It was thing very much both. Very okay. much both. So, I mean, the sound is undeniable, which she also denied. <laughs> and, denied it? She did. And, denied it? She did. Um, she's going to listen to this, too, because she started listening to our podcast. She listened to the last episode. She skipped over all of our MacBook profile. Well, then she won't hear this part. She had no, so maybe she won't. Well, she probably will, because I think I told her, I'm going to talk about that with Levi. And she was like, you're going to tell him what I said? I'll be like, yeah, you'll be part of it. So then there was, there was a MacBook Escape, which has not been updated. 
right next to these MacBook Pros with touch bars. So I started mashing on both of them. Clear sound difference, no doubt about it. And it's, there's just a springiness to this mm. new third generation because of those rubber gaskets under there that it is welcome. I mean, it is a, it is, it is getting close. Nah, it's nowhere close. I was okay, about to say okay, close, and then yeah. I started typing on you the started, old Magic yeah. Keyboard. It's not anywhere close to that. I was going to ask take though, that back. Does it give you? Does it give you a sense that there's more depth? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's definitely a whole lot more um, uh, reaction. Like there's a lot more. You feel like you feel like you've. You feel like there's some give in the in the keyboard which is really nice. I, I highly recommend it. So, and it's, it's way quieter, way quieter. Like it's, it's decently, it's, it's probably not that much, not that much louder than the 2015 old style black chiclet keyboard that has become famous as and on, and, and, and is on every PC laptop. Yeah. Now, Cause they're also the, always a little behind the Mac. I have the 2016 MacBook pro uh, touch bar at work. That that is a loud keyboard. It, it is, and I didn't. I don't notice how loud it is because it's not my primary machine until I'm, you know, out in the field doing something. So, like, and when I say out in the field, I'm, I don't mean you know. I mean at a conference room monitoring a, a training event. But I was in all day training a couple weeks ago for two straight days, and I'm just I'm recording, so I'm. And I'm just recording audio, like so. I'm not having to really focus on anything, you know. I'm not, I'm not manning a camera. So I'm over there on my MacBook Pro, just clicky clacking away, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so loud. <laughs> I started to get very self conscious about it because, you know, everyone's being quiet. Someone's up there presenting. I'm 15 feet away from the presenter, just clack 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 clack. clack. <laughs> and I never had really noticed how loud it was until I was in that that type of situation. And it's hard to type quietly on it. Oh, it's nearly impossible. I mean, if you want to type quickly, it's impossible. Oh, yeah. I was like, really, really slowed down. Right. It's wild. It's wild how loud that keyboard is. But now this third generation, it is it is a market improvement. I mean, honestly, if it if it fixes the reliability issues and with this noise reduction and the way and 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 the really quality really quality increase in how it feels it's a great keyboard to me i mean it's it's solid i i i in my opinion it's good to go forward like i don't feel like they oh. have got to change it and i'm not one that's really had any complaints about the keyboard other i mean my one complaint would be that it's it's just been really loud um and i i certainly still would prefer to have something that felt more like the magic keyboard but I'm not one of those people that has any real big gripes about, you know, the direction they've gone with these, these newer keyboards. I'm interested to try it. I, I don't make my way to Little Rock very often, so I'll have to. Maybe I can go into Best Buy. They they probably have someone displaced. Absolutely, soon, so I'll have absolutely. To test it out. So the other thing that Blair noticed is that she picked up a because I turned around after I tested the MacBook Pro keyboards and tested the smart keyboards because I hadn't typed on those in a while. I like typing on those. It's, yeah. a, it's a very different style of keyboard. Well, I like it a lot. I like typing on the 12.9 the inch. Very good point because <laughs> I started on the 12.9 and then went to the 10.5 and you just got to, 
you got to pinch your hands in just a little bit and just enough that it's uncomfortable and you can still make all your words and the autocorrect helps you out. And I I think you can type just about as fast, but way more uncomfortably. And just just imagine what the 9.7 was like, because it was just even even more, you know, slightly compact than the 10.5. That 10.5 screen though, I tell you what, that is a nice true motion. Nice screen. Well, and just the size of it and just oh, the yeah. just the limited bezels that it's got, that is going to be something. Well, I think we're about they, to be seen. Get, yeah. When they get that on the 12.9. Um, and with the latest rumors, we'll, we'll get to, but they, they've looked, they've looked really rather interesting. Maybe we'll get to that this week. I think I saw that down in the notes. Let's just talk about There's it now. Something. I mean, it's a good, good point to talk about it. Okay, let's do it. The, uh, there was an icon found in the new developer beta of iOS 12 beta five that uh, the people that do digging into these things, let's just give them a, a round of applause because they make our lives uh, so interesting uncovering all these things. So yeah, they, they found this icon somewhere in the beta five and it shows an iPad that uh, is, has ultra thin bezels um, much like an iPhone 10, but there's no notch. And some people some people are a little confused by that because they're like, well, does that mean there's no face ID? Well, obviously there's face ID or there wouldn't be. <laughs> you know, you, you would still have some kind of home button indicator somewhere if there wasn't face ID. I just think that the bezels are, are they're going to be thin, but they're not going to be as thin as they are on the 10 on the phone because they don't need to be that thin. I think c- kind of how I see it working is they're just going to be thick enough so that they don't have to make the notch in the iPad because it's really not that 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 wide the notch. I mean, if you just look at a ten and you had that all the way across on a screen that's much bigger, I don't think it would be such a glaring like, oh my gosh, how big are these bezels? <laughs> you know, I mean, people people need to chill out. There, there's no there's no need for a notch on an iPad when you've got so much more room and you can have a little bit thicker bezels and still get that. Uh, somewhat edge-to-edge feel. Well, so there's certainly an argument for the bezels and a usability argument is that when you're holding an iPad, you don't necessarily want it to be absolutely bezel-less. I mean, you hold an iPad a lot differently and it's a larger device that you really have to have a better handle on than a phone necessarily. So so there's, there's that side of it. But the thing that makes one think that there's almost definitely going to be a notch is that they've moved the time and the day true to the top left-hand corner. And if they were going to do it as this depicts, I don't see why they wouldn't have left that time in the middle. So as often happens, the seeing what the software, seeing what is done with the software at WWDC can reveal a lot about the hardware that's coming in the fall. Especially with, with the iPad. Right. Well, but even with, with uh, size classes, when those came, and then look at this iPhone 6 and 6S. <laughs> They're so big. Different sized phones. <laughs> Good thing we told you guys about this in a cryptic way three or four months ago. <laughs> so the fact that they've moved that clock to the upper left-hand corner, I'm, you know... I mean, maybe they're going to do something else in the middle of the top of the iPad screen. I don't know. But that really does lend itself to having a notch there. And yet, like you say, if you're going to have to have a bezel 
anyways, that's as thick as that notch, then I don't know. It's just not that thick. I mean, when you look at it, it's really not that thick. Th- this is all true. That, that, that's what I was about to say, is that if you're going to have to have a bezel that's a little bit thick, well, then that's the notch, because the notch is only a little bit thick. Yeah. But the question does become, is there only one camera on the iPad? And if so, where is it? And if you're going to have more than one, you can't have two notches. No. And you wouldn't really want to notch on that horizontal. The tough part about the notch on an iPad is that iPads are used in portrait and in landscape really frequently. Phones are only rarely used landscape, mostly just for video. Well, and it depends on which which iPad you're using too. I mean, of course, twelve point nine. I I'm almost always in landscape mode, right? But, I mean, but part of that is because you have the smart keyboard. Yeah, well, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. that, that that's a huge part of it. Um, all, all that to be said, I cannot imagine Johnny Ive being okay with a notch on the horizontal yeah, no when way. people are going to be using that in portrait and that's just, that, that'd be terrible. No. Yeah. So, so the notch on the phone and the notch on the uh, potential notch on the iPad are just a completely different story because you just, you, you hold a phone 98% of the time in that portrait orientation with what used to be the home button. Now is the home indicator. What do they call that? Yeah. Home, home indicator. Or yeah. something. Home indicator, which is a weird name. Uh, there at the bottom of of the screen, and the, the notches at the top of of the ten. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they just maybe they moved that clock over there with the date for some other reason. I'll be I'll be interested to see, see my, how it turns out. My hope is that my my hope is that they have the notch at the top. You know, if if you're in portrait mode, right? So kind of like the ten is right notch at the top. Um, my real hope is that the bezel is thick enough that you just don't even notice the notch on the iPad at all, that it just blends in as part of the bezel. Um, and then you still have smaller bezels where you can feel a little more edge to edge. But given the indications of things like you're talking about with the software, I really still think that the notch is going to be at the top if you're in portrait mode. And then somehow they're going to make it work. <laughs> Uh, in both portrait and landscape, because there, there's no way that a 12.9 inch iPad is going to be usable if you can only unlock it in portrait mode. It's just going to be such a huge frustration for folks. No, I mean that that cannot be because yeah. because of of smart keyboards and and other keyboards. I mean, you just can't force people to to turn <laughs> yeah. it that way. Yeah. So, I, I mean, but I still don't think they would put the notch on the the right edge of the iPad because that would look even weirder if you were using it in portrait mode. I don't know, man. I, I'm just hoping that they'll be able to figure it out in the software because I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a hardware limitation to me, like not being able to do it in both orientations. I don't know. I wouldn't think it I'm would not be. sure. But I mean there there's also these discussions around well they they're adding this alternate um appearance that you can you can add 
Right. I think it's in the iOS iOS 12 beta where Mm -hmm. you can add an alternate appearance to Face ID. What if that is has something to do with orientation and they're just not really telling us that yet? Or I feel like that might be tipping their hat a little bit to the fact that you're going to be able to unlock with Face ID on the iPad in either orientation. Right. So maybe, maybe this is almost just like, feels like a hack but hey if it works every time it is what it is uh, i mean and, and I mean, you tell me because you've set up face id i mean would face id set up for you if you held it sideways and basically gave it a sideways face to always look for it won't now right it won't currently but i don't know we'll see i don't see why it couldn't if you know in the next mm-hmm. ios mm-hmm. i mean yeah I, I i think that whether it's hardware or software They've, they've got to have that handled by the time that they have Face ID on on the iPad because it's a it's a very fluid device that gets used both ways necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so my next we'll course of action is trying to figure out a way to get a new 12.9 or whatever whatever size it is after you know after it goes. A little more bezel-less. Right. Does oh, Amy man. listen to the podcast? I don't know if she does or not. <laughs> you're going to leave this in? <laughs> Amy, if you're listening, uh, I think our team really needs that new beautiful iPad when it comes out this fall. For right. training purposes, of course. Hey, and that no, whiteboarding. No other purposes. That whiteboarding thing we did, it was a hit, man. I had so many people come up to me after that and were like, how did you do that? I want to. I want to do this. I want to do this at client calls. Right. I'm like, well, it would be way easier to do it at a client call than how I was trying to configure it. For and with the- no bezels, it'd be even oh, easier. Yeah, exactly. It would be so easy. You wouldn't even have to really do anything, right. Amy. <laughs> well, and you wouldn't want anybody to catch the passcode you just put in out of the corner of their eye, and now they can hack right. your iPad. Yeah, we want it to be so secure. You need Face ID. Um, and uh, also training, learning. Training, <laughs> learning, <laughs> trying to subliminally, uh, not so subliminally. All right, right, right now, as we stand on the first of August, what what are the bezels slash notch potential? What's it going to look like when they come out with a new iPad Pro? We don't have to talk size yet necessarily. There's there's this rumor. Of a 11 inch of, hey, when you got that 10 and a half inch, when you take out the home button and have a little bit, you know, take out the home button and now you don't have as much of a forehead and chin, then maybe you can expand to 11 inch. That'd be great. But I'm just asking you right now, are there going to be notches? If so, where are they going to be? I, I think the notch is going to be at the top of the iPad. You know, if you're looking at it in portrait orientation, I think that the bezels will be just thick enough, at least on the top and bottom, to to hide the notch, to make it to where you wouldn't have to have a notch. So kind of similar to how the 10.5 inch is now, where the sides are even thinner than the, the, the top and the bottom, but the top and bottom would still be a little bit thinner. Because, I mean, if, if, if you look at it, you could, a standard iPad Pro 12.9 now, you could reduce the top bezel at least by half, and still be able to hide the face ID notch completely. So when you say notch, you're just talking sensor housing or whatever crazy yeah. name they Apple gives the notch. Yeah. So you don't. You're, so that you you're wouldn't saying, even see a you're notch. You're saying no notch. Yes. Yeah. I'm. That's 
there's no reason not to do it that right. way. And as as <laughs> you got to know that Johnny Ive hated having the notch on these phones. I mean, if there was any way, any way they could do it now without a notch, then they would have done it. But yeah. they they just couldn't get to that point yet. That's true. And and with the iPad, you, there's no reason really not to because you could still drastically reduce the bezels at least by 50% and still have enough to, to completely hide the the casing so that you don't have to have a notch at all. That's what I hope they do because I think I think it would just look especially weird on an iPad to have the notch. The phone is one thing, you get used to it. I don't even I don't even think about it at all of anymore. Course. But on the iPad, it's going to be such a small little piece that sticks out. It's going to it's just going to feel even weirder. Well, and and I don't know how much you use your phone landscape, but I mean, hardly ever, unless I'm when watching I, video. Yeah, when when I was just playing around with the ten in in the Apple Store, and I would do something landscape, it becomes immediately noticeable. Yeah, I'd say the only time I really use landscape outside of a video setting would be if I'm in Safari, okay, and I'm reading something, right. That's really it. Yeah. Because it's not like the plus where you can you can shift, you right. know. Although you know, kind of tip into some rumors we're going to talk about. It, well, let's just talk about these now too because um the 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 rumors for this fall for these new set of phones, there is a rumor that there's going to be a bigger uh iPhone 10 style. Essentially there's going to be two OLED models. So the the same dimensions that you have now with the iPhone 10, whatever they're going to call it. Then you're also going to have a, and this, the current iPhone 10 is 5.8 inches, right? So there's also going to be another iPhone 10 style OLED phone that is 6.5 inches. And the latest rumor this week is that it will have um, a landscape mode, much like the, 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 am I right about that? The pluses do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Currently, but the, the 10 doesn't. So the home screen can go landscape. I think so, right? On the pluses? Yes. Yeah. Um, now, the dock stays on the side. It doesn't come down to the bottom like like the iPad. It's very much kind of an in-between. Yeah. Um, In-between in state. It's it's not... It doesn't act like an iPad exactly. So if you're thinking, you know, what are phones going to look like this fall? What's Apple going to announce? I don't think there's going to be anything quite as drastic as having the 10 was, right? I mean, that was a total new design, just... You know, I mean, you're not going to get those complete refresh designs every year. It's just not going to happen. This is true, <clears throat> but, but this <laughs> iPhone 10 Plus is going to be something to yeah. behold. Yeah, it's going to be, it, but I don't think it's going to be as monstrous as you think it is because I mean, the 10 has a bigger screen than, in terms of you know the diagonal, it has a bigger screen than the pluses do but it doesn't feel like a monstrosity like the pluses do in your hand. Right. But the plus is already a monstrosity. <laughs> and then if it's just all screen. Yeah. It's basically just going to look almost, I mean, you're getting close to just holding iPad mini an iPad mini, yeah. but with no bezels. Yeah. So, but it's, it, the it's not, it's not as wide it's no. not, as, you know, I mean, Thanks, it's going to, it's going to be taller. Like, like the 10 is, that's true. I wonder I wonder what the dimensions will will be like. I mean, I suppose it it'll be just kind of a sort of scaled up iPhone 10. Um I mean, the iPhone 10 is the same size as the iPhone 6 through 8, just slightly 
taller. Not much taller at all. Right. I I wonder if if the iPhone 10 Plus is going to be you know pretty close to the to they, the current. There there were size. there were rumors this week. Let me see if I can find them real quick. So the iPhone 10 uses a 2436 by 1125 display and this rumored 6.5 inch phone would be 2688 by 1242. So it's and, and that, that that's resolution wise, correct? Right. Yeah. And I'm looking at uh, physical dimensions. Here. Oh, it would be well. And the physical dimensions are almost exactly what the iPhone six or eight plus. Yeah. Is yeah. So, so very similar to how the ten is very close to right the eight, but just a little bit taller. That is going to be something, <laughs> isn't it? I, now, so here's the thing. Now, I know you're still holding out hope for some kind of iPhone SE 2 miracle to, to drop. Um, but my my wife needs a new phone. And I've just been telling her, just hang on a little bit longer till, till we get to the fall. And you can have my 10 and I'll get whatever <laughs> whatever's coming out. So generous. I know, right? Um, she doesn't care. She's She's going to love this phone, though. Like she, Absolutely. she really has. She'll get her two cameras. Yeah, she's been she's been jealous about the the portrait mode, um, and she doesn't care. Just as long as any anything's gonna be better than what she's been struggling with right now, because it's in sad shape that that poor little pink seven she's got. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking. What What's funny to me is if you believe the rumors on on pricing, I'm probably gonna pay less this year for a better phone than what I paid for the 10 last year. Cause the rumor is that the, uh, the second edition of the 5.8 iPhone, whatever they call it, OLED would be priced at eight ninety nine, And that this new iPhone 10 plus 6.5 inch monstrosity would, would take that nine ninety nine price tag that the iPhone 10 uh, debuted with last year. So that's kind of interesting to me because I have no, I have no interest in a 6.5 inch phone. I just, I just don't, I don't have an interest in that plus size. I'm, I'm good with this as long. Now here's where they might get me. (laughs) If there are significant differences between the cameras, then that might be enough to maybe push me up, up to that extra size. But it was never enough when the pluses came out. I mean, there were significant differences when the the seven and seven plus came out between the cameras, right? The fact that you had one more camera uh, than you did on the seven, but that was never even enough to pull me in to the to the plus. So, if history is any indication, I think I'm I would lean towards sticking with the five point eight inch model and uh, transitioning my current ten to my wife. Um, but believe, they might surprise me. I don't know. We'll see. I'll believe this price decrease when I see it. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the iPhone 10 successor, what do we think? What do we think that's going to be called? I don't know, man. The iPhone 10 S the iPhone 10 S. I wouldn't be surprised if the iPhone 10 S costs nine 99 because it sticks at that price to take a whole hundred dollars off that when it's still like bleeding edge technology in a lot of ways. I just, mm. I mean, maybe maybe they'll take it down to, uh, like the most I can see them taking it down to is like nine forty nine. But in most people's minds, and in, in in the in the 
the the mind of our decimal system, 949 is not really that much less than 999. Well, the reason I think they're going to do it, because there's also a rumor about a third phone as well mixed in with this that's going to look like the 10, going to have the same kind of design on the front. It will have a notch and have Face ID. Um, it's going to be a monstrosity as well. They This one's rumored to be 6.1 inches, but this is going to be a lower cost LCD display option. So no OLED, but it's going to look like it's going to look like the other phones um, in the in the styling. It's just going to be have have cheaper materials. Levi, this is the weirdest <laughs> rumor ever. Well, and this rumor has been longstanding. And at this point, I feel like this is what's going to happen. But it is going to be so strange for people to have a larger phone that is cheaper. But that's why I think that the iPhone 10 might actually be 899. Maybe so. Because Maybe so. Because the low the low end option is going to be more than what people have been used to to paying for that uh, entry level. Not not if it's 699, which they moved the entry level from 649 to 699. That's the, true. The seven cost seven okay. cost 649 and the eight cost 699. That's I could, true. Now, I don't understand the 6.1 inch LCD device really at all. I I could get I I can get to an LCD style 10 that's cheaper at this point. But why that wouldn't be I can understand less it. than 5.8 inches. Go. I can understand it because if they go to this cheaper in-between model, that tells me that there's not going to be an 8 style or an 8 plus style. True. Right? There's just going to be this option. So they're trying to they're trying to get the both the the best of both worlds for people that are stuck with this decision of, well, gosh, I don't want to spend a thousand dollars on this phone, you know, to because that's just outrageous. I'll definitely spend eight hundred dollars because that's not outrageous at all. No way I'm going to spend a thousand. Um, that's a whole different argument that drives me nuts. Uh, that aside, people are going to be stuck, right? Because they're going to be like, well, before I could get the four point seven inch, or I could get the plus, and you had people who were clearly in either camp, right? Well, now there's just going to be one option, so it's going to be a little bit bigger than the eight in terms of how it feels in your hand, but it's not going to be that much. It's going to going to kind of be like the 10 was compared to the, the eight a little bit taller, a little bit wider, but still pretty much feels like an eight, but you get so much more real estate because it's, it's bezel-less or as bezel-less as, as it can be. Yeah. I know it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. But if they don't have the other options, then they're trying to do a go between here of it's not, it's not quite an eight, but it's not quite an eight plus. It's like somewhere in between. It's a very weird play to me on their part because most people will not see a difference between the LCD and the OLED screen as much as they absolutely should. And as much as that is absolute balderdash, most people will not see a difference between the LCD and the OLED screen. It just won't be apparent to them. The The difference between 5.8 inches and 6.1 inches is probably going to be a little bit noticeable, but the difference between $700 <laughs> and if it's 900 or a thousand, let's say it's 900. Yeah. The difference between 700 and $900, as you have said, is only $200. And when you price that out over For 24 payments, gosh darn 24 yeah. months, then it's, it's you're nothing. looking at a difference of $8 a month. 
Yeah. To have a way better screen, it's going to give you better battery life. It's way, but you don't feel like it. You just feel like this one's bigger. Well, but that that might be their play too. Is well, gosh, it's only eight dollars a month to get the better phone. I'll just I'll just do that. Well, uh, and if you look at you know, so so that has happened. So my my mother in law actually did that. So that's how my mother in law got into a ten is through. I mean, and this you know long ago. I mean we. We don't, have, we don't have time to go through the whole history of <laughs> cell phone pricing, but yeah. it used to be that you subsidized cell phone pricing um, by paying more for plans and you would get an iPhone for $200 that actually costs $649. Right. You were getting $450 off the phone because you paid more per month. And now you pay less per month, but you pay per month for your phones, which makes it way easier. On an interest-free loan, essentially. Right, right, right. Um, which makes it way easier to sell somebody... Um, on, on a really expensive phone because you can either pay, uh, so you're looking at either $800 divided by 24 payments, $33 a month for 24 payments, $33 a month or $1,000 divided by 24 payments, $41 a month. Yeah. So $8 more per month. We already did that math. No, I'm just redoing <laughs> it. A difference of 200 um, I should be able to divide by 24. It's, it's just about 25. I'm just getting flustered because I'm on the mic. So a difference of $8 per month, which doesn't sound like much. It's not much. Now it is $200 ultimately. Yeah. Right? Um, but I mean, it's, it's a much better phone uh, to, to a great extent. It, it's a, it's a good thing that it gets people into better phones if they can afford it. So I think they will sell. I, I, I just think though, if it looks the same, to people they're gonna get the cheaper one that's not what apple wants well where they can differentiate on looks it probably is going to be in in color options or something simple like that maybe but are the rumors that they're going to have more color options on the low end yeah probably. which again i, I just don't understand well, it's the same thing like th think about in the mac line you can get color options on your macbook adorable but you're stuck with two options on the your Mac line Pros. is weird and always will be, and it's never in sync with each other. And I refuse to see that as a as a analogy. It's a pretty clear clear line between the two uh, two lines there. I I refuse to. All right, see cinema the line with an S. <laughs> I I just feel like they're they're not gonna have that true what has felt like that true low end option anymore even if it is priced the same it's gonna feel different because of how big it is that's fine <laughs> but they don't want to sell those why not by and large they want to sell the more expensive devices i mean to and to, to dip into earnings which i don't know how much we want to talk about earnings i don't know how much you want to talk they about made earnings. a lot of money they made a whole lot of money okay Best, what, what, best third quarter? They're doing really well. Had. They're doing really well in services, which makes their stock do really well because that's really the type of, of revenue that, that the shareholders and analysts care about is services. All that to be said, though, that the enormous part of their business is iPhone. Yes. Period. Full stop. And their and average price shot up this past year. Average selling price, right? Because they well, added the first point, $1,000 The phone. first point to make is the point that you put in here, which I don't know where this is from. Um, this is from Six Colors, so Mr. Okay. Jason Snell. Okay, very trustworthy source, that Jason Snell. Um, good one. Um, but iPhone unit sales are still down from the days of the iPhone 6. 
which means that if they're going to continue to increase the amount of money they make from iPhone, which investors and analysts require, because otherwise they just will damn them to wherever, they're going to have to continue to, to up this price. So it's gone from $669 Q1. These aren't the But same I think this iPhone. will. I think this will entice people to move up to the 5.8 inch OLED iPhone because let's say you're someone that, that got an eight or that you got a seven. Okay. And these are your only options or these three phones. If you're wanting to upgrade. Okay. You don't want a 6.1 inch phone. Cause that sounds crazy to you. Cause you're used to a 4.7 inch phone. Mm, right. So you're, no. so you're that's thinking, not, that's not what I'm thinking now. Well, I think don't making, even, I think you're making a good point. Don't but even bring your four it. inch phone no, no, no. nonsense. No, the point to be made here is that I hadn't really looked at this iPhone selling price as closely as I thought I had because they're only like their highest that they've ever been. Um, it was $669 average selling price, $669 in Q1, $687 in Q2, which is actually Q1 of this year. Their, their Q1. So the holiday quarter was $669. The January through March was 687 April through July, April through June. How does this work? April through June. Yes. Which they finished most recently, $717. So big jump there. They're selling lots of tens. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to sell as many tens this way, but I think they will. What, they will do, what I think they will do is they will sell way less eights because. It's not going to be the eight anymore. It's going to be this six point one inch, right? Whatever they call it. Because if you look at that, that's what I'm trying 700, to say. Seven hundred. So I mean, they've been in the six. They've been pretty close to six fifty for most most every quarter until this one. It's like bumped the, up to seven seventeen. The eight and eight plus are going to be both replaced by this new six point one inch yes. LCD phone. Yes. And I think when people see that, they're gonna. I, I think it's going to push more people to just go well. I don't really want a 6.1 inch phone because that sounds crazy. Plus, I, I'd rather have the better phone, and it's only eight dollars more. So I, I'm just going to get the, the the ten. I just don't think they know. I, I don't think they're going to know that it's better. It's going to it's going to look the same to me. You underestimate it's people and shiny them. objects. No, no, but it's going to be shiny. It's going to look the same to them as a ten, but it's going to be cheaper. And so they're going to walk in being like, I don't want to get. I know I'm not going to get the the 10 plus, whatever that ends up costing. Yeah. Right. Maybe I'll get the, maybe I'll get a, well, they still sell the seven. Maybe they, maybe they'll sell the seven. Maybe they won't. Well, I'm sure they'll still sell the eight. They'll the definitely eight still plus, sell the yeah. eight. Right. So they're still selling the eight. Maybe I go look at an eight or an eight plus. Right. Cause I'm a, I'm a big, like my large phone. But if I look at an eight and an eight plus, and then I look at the 6.1 inch, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to that 6.1 inch. And then, Maybe at that point they get all the way up to to the ten, but I'm I'm guessing that they end up selling a whole lot of those six point one inch phones. And I think to retract what I said before, they are fine with selling those when they would have been selling an eight or an eight plus. True. Right. Right now, it's a right now they're either selling they're not uh, they're selling. A number of sevens, I think, to a certain extent, is that's come out in some of the 
some of the reports and analysts and rumors um, that people are still buying a good number of sevens. And to a certain extent, I think part of that is they're not going to spend a thousand dollars on the 10, right? They know that going in, they look at the eight and they look at the seven. This is, this is where my argument comes from. They look at the eight and they look at the seven and they don't see much of a difference. I'm not, I'm not going to be buying a wireless charger. So I don't, I'm not worried about your wireless charging. Give me that seven. That looks just fine. I know somebody that's got one and they're still using it and it still works fine. The other point though, is that all those plus people that have been plus fans forever, when they see a 6.5 inch edge to edge iPhone 10, they're going to go nuts for that. So they're going to move, they're going to move up and spend the extra money. But I still feel like these other people that have have been hung up on, well, I can't pay a thousand dollars for a phone. Well, guess what? You can get an iPhone 10 or whatever they're going to call it for $899. You don't have to spend $1,000 because we're going to price it at $899 just so you don't have to feel like some, I don't even know the word, like Mr. Rich Boy spending a lot of money. Right. right. You can get a 10 for $899. That'll make you feel better about your life, I guess. I don't know. I really think think that full screen phone, doesn't matter if it's LCD or OLED, the full screen phone at six ninety nine is gonna sell like crazy. I don't know, man. And I'm the I don't even feel great about that because <laughs> OLED is the future and is well, way better. I really think that it's I think it's gonna push more people to the to the new five point inch. We'll see. That's 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 how my we'll mind would work. I might underestimate or I might overestimate. Next time you should just estimate me. Enough time has passed. Felt like we could finally talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, because, hey, anytime a Marvel movie comes out, you you want to give it some breathing room, right? Because people, they're going to see those those uh, post-credit scenes and we don't want to spoil it too soon. But eventually we want to talk about these movies and spoil them a little bit. So uh, full spoilers here for Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you haven't seen it and you're a, a Marvel fan in general, then you definitely should go see it. But if you're a Marvel fan, you've already seen it. So stick around and uh, talk some with us. But you're you're interesting, Philip, to me, because you're not really the prototypical Marvel movie consumer. Because you went into this movie and hadn't seen Infinity War, which was, you know, the the previous Marvel movie to, to Ant-Man and the Wasp, had some pretty big implications on the entire Marvel universe. And... Uh, post-credit scene and Ant-Man and the Wasp tied into that a little bit. So I'm really surprised that you wanted to go see this movie um, when you, you know, haven't consumed some of the other, some would say more important Marvel movies. Apparently something happened in Germany. <laughs> I gather. Um, I don't even know if it was in Germany. I don't I think that's what, that's what they kept mentioning. I thought maybe in Europe. I don't know. Well, oh, well, that was from that was actually from Civil War. There which you go. did you not see Civil seen War? That. I haven't oh seen God. that yet. Philip, what is going on, man? But you've seen both Ant Man movies. Yes. Then you were probably really confused at the beginning of this movie. Then not really because it wasn't all that important. I mean, I gathered that something had happened before, and I felt like they did a really good job. I mean, I guess I'm I'm the one that could tell you this. Yeah. That they did a really good job alluding to stuff, but you didn't have to know all the details right. to know that they had some sort of falling out. Ant-Man, 
Um, and Hank Pym and and, and, uh, Hank and his daughter and, and uh, yeah and Hope. They weren't on the you know they weren't having you know the best relationship in the world at this point, and so it's so interesting to, be, to me that had to be overcome. So yeah, because I'll get I'll, I'll get it as a prequel. Ant Man, you know, he debuted in the first Ant Man movie, which was really strange because it closed out um, phase two of the MCU. It came out after the second Avengers. Which have you seen any of the Avengers movies? I have not. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh my gosh! Well, oh man, that's you're blowing my mind. But you've seen both Ant Man movies, so, so I fell out of love with superhero movies. Really, probably, probably with like Iron Man three, because Iron Man three was so oh don't, lackluster. Don't, don't don't you say that? It was just so I love much, Iron Man. Maybe 3. it was Iron Man two. Iron Man, Iron Man lackluster. 2 is pretty lackluster. Anyways. Iron Man 3 had a big twist in it that might have... Stan Cheadle in Iron Man... He's in Iron Man 2 and 3. 2 and 3. That's when they switched over to to him being Rhodey. Okay, okay. I, Iron Man 3 was not so bad. Iron Man 2 was when I was like, do I really... These that's just that's like, got Mickey the Rock. seem formulaic and... Well, they're all... Yeah, I mean, they're all pretty formulaic. But, okay, so you Iron Man 3 so breaks that, that formulaic mode, though, so... All right. So, but anyways, I just kind of fell out out of interest in superhero movies i just felt like there wasn't really much special with them and so i i haven't seen but a you've seen batman and them. robin batnips that was the <laughs> yes guilty as charged i don't understand your first pg-13 movie not that has anything to do with this but i accept <laughs> okay so separate conversation I've been tossing around like, uh, you know, like, and I've seen other podcasts doing it, like a Marvel in review type thing. Right. I would, I would love to do that some, some way, somehow. I don't know if that's like a, I don't know how we do that, but, um, because I would love to go back through and watch all the movies leading up to the next Avengers movie. I think that would be kind I'd of I'd like to watch thing. all the movies. I know. And apparently you need to. Um, yeah. I've, I've seen... How many of them are there? There are 17, 20 now. 18, 20. 20. Yeah. I've probably seen seven or eight of them. But you have missed the most important ones. Apparently. <laughs> so, but like you said, they this movie does a good job at the beginning of catching you up. Because This is a problem all of these movies have now is that they're all so interconnected and part of this bigger masterpiece that's happening that even a movie like Ant-Man that, both Ant-Man movies are, they feel more like standalone movies, but they still have to be connected in some way to the overarching story. And so it is difficult as a consumer coming in to see these movies. If you haven't seen the other one, sometimes you can kind of get left behind and you're right. Ant-Man and the Wasp did a great job of kind of catching you up on, Hey, these, these guys, they were a team at the end of Ant-Man. They're not really a team anymore. What happened was in civil war Ant-Man gets pulled in to come and help uh, Captain America and he gets pulled in by Falcon who he kind of tricks and steals something from in the first Ant-Man movie. Mm -hmm. So Falcon knew him from, you know, remembered him from that in endeavor. Falcon's and cool. then, yeah, Falcon brings him in in civil war to, to be on their side uh, facing off against Iron Man. And that happens in Germany. They have this big skirmish and that's the first time that we see giant nice. man. Um, which it was a great moment. 
Because especially if you didn't know anything about Ant Man, you didn't know that he could turn into Giant Man. It's pretty. It's pretty funny uh, when he does that for the first time. I look forward to watching that movie. So, but you kind of have to understand a little bit of what happened in Civil War because Civil War is where they create these Sokovia Accords, which are basically like the Avengers can't operate independently anymore. There has to be some type of um, oversight on what they can do and 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 you know where they're going and why they're doing things. And that's the whole point of civil war is one side doesn't agree with that. And the other side does So pits iron man and captain America against each other. Well, Ant-Man being a part of that skirmish breaks the Sokovia Accords, And that's why he's on house arrest. When you come to Ant-Man and the Wasp, right. the other thing was he didn't include Hank or hope when he did that. And he was basically stealing Hank's suit um, to go and do that. So that's, that's why they have this big falling out at the beginning of the movie. Um, some other knowledge you have to know in Ant-Man and the Wasp is that in the first Ant-Man movie, Scott Lang goes subatomic right at the end to, to defeat uh, yellow jacket or whatever yes. his name was. He actually goes into the uh, quantum realm. I don't know if they called it that in the first movie or not, but then yeah, I think they did. He's able to get back out. And so that kind of opens up this storyline that we get in Ant-Man of the Wasp mm-hmm. because the original Wasp, um, Janet Van Dyne, who's Hope's mother, she went to the phantom realm to stop some missile or whatever on a right. mission that her right. and her and Hank were on the Ruskies. Which, by the way, I love that both of these movies start off with these flashbacks and they use these de-aging techniques. They probably do the best I've ever seen. Especially in that first Ant-Man, when you see Michael Doug- a young Michael Douglas, you're, you're like, wow, this really looks like him. I'd say it's even better than what, what we saw in um, Rogue, uh, Rogue One with like Tarkin and, and, and Leia. Um, I don't know how they do it, but it's, it's really awesome. Um, and, and then seeing a young, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, that was kind of neat, uh, too. Although I will say Michelle Pfeiffer looks great as, you know, current aged Michelle Pfeiffer. It's true. Um, uh, so anyway, you got all that set up. And so this whole movie essentially is a rescue mission. Just like the first Ant-Man is essentially a heist movie. And I love that Marvel can have, these little one-offs, particularly with a character that's kind of outrageous, you know, when you hear hear Ant-Man, you're like, what? Is this a story about an ant man? Did he get bit by an ant and get ant powers? I don't, you know, like, right. what is this? Right. Um, I love that they can take such a zany character in terms of abilities and whatever on paper and have these one-off movies that are so different in some ways um, from the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe, but still just be incredibly fun. Like that's what I love most about both of these movies is that they're just so much fun and you don't have to, it's like a, it's like a, an exhale where you don't have to worry as much after all the, you know, serious things going on in the other movies that are so, so much more heavily connected, especially coming off of uh, Avengers infinity war, which I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to go into any spoilers from that since you haven't seen it, but I think your son spoiled it for me. Oh, no. did he? Oh, okay. Sorry. Didn't Sorry he? about that. I don't know. I don't remember. When he was over here eating pizza. Oh, and he said they all disappeared or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, the mid credits uh, scene in this movie kind of spoiled it for you a little bit. Too. So 
only only because of what Kanan said already. <laughs> so you're gonna blame my know, side. I don't know what. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, well, it. I think this is more on you for not going and seeing Infinity War, but going to see Ant Man and the Wasp. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know what I would have thought when that actually. Did I know what did I, what did I think when that happened in the post credit? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you hadn't I, seen Infinity War, I don't know what you would. I couldn't really make be much thinking it's happening. Yeah, it'd be it would be really confusing. I don't remember what it was. I I tried to look it up though, and I just saw like Thanos, and then I was like, oh, I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's complicated. So, and apparently there was a second post credit scene that I don't think I stayed there for. Was. It was Ant Man. It was nothing worth. That's really good. Glad it, to hear it. And and plus it's it kind of it probably still wouldn't make much sense to you either if you didn't understand what happened in Infinity War right was what's your, such a big change what's your son seemed like a good kid nothing against I mean, nothing against him he yeah he hasn't he, he hasn't told really me he told me about uh, Spider Man and Black Panther yes. I do believe yeah so yeah yeah but all all that to be said all that to be said is that. I really wasn't interested in seeing Ant-Man when it came out in 2015. The original so, yeah. came out. I saw the preview. Preview just seemed to be about a guy that can get really small, superhero that can get really small and uses that power to be a superhero in a superhero movie. And so, yeah, I'm just not that interested. Like, that doesn't sound that great. I do like Paul Rudd a whole lot. I think Paul Rudd is hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's perfect in this role. He he has given the best uh, lip sync battle <laughs> performance ever with, with, Fallon. with Fallon on the show, not on this TV show that's taken it way too, um, way too far, and had it happen way too often. Part of part of the greatness of the lip sync battle was that it didn't happen all that often. Yeah, it's irregularity, right? Paul Rudd uh, <laughs> sings uh, "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen. And it is great. And then the one he sings before that. Do you think he was auditioning to play uh, Freddie Mercury? Uh, I mean, you know. In this Queen biopic. We'll see. Which I also can't wait for. November. That looks good. Yeah. Looks really good. Um, so I like Paul Rudd a lot. All, all for him. I'm starting to understand why you like this movie so much. Because it's not, it's not the typical superhero-y Marvel type movie. So it seemed to me to be much more in a bit of a Spider-Man type way. And I, I like Spider-Man a lot. Spider-Man Homecoming was really good. Great. The original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, I loved the heck out of that when it came out with uh, James Franco as the Green Goblin and Kirsten Dunst. I, I totally enjoyed that movie. It was great. It kind of went downhill as they went Spider-Man 2. And Spider-Man 2 was good too. Spider-Man 2 was good. Spider-Man 3 Spider-Man was, 3 was awful. <laughs> rough yeah. oh goodness i was so since we're on this tangent go for it this was uh the summer i think before i went to college is when this came out and so it was also this the year the summer before we got married and i was so pumped for this movie man i was because i loved spider-man 2 like it was my i love playing spider-man 2 on the ps2 one of the best games ever i was so pumped for spider-man 3 because we were finally gonna get venom I loved Venom. I was just so excited for this movie, and it was so terrible. I just remember whenever he comes out and he starts dancing. Everyone does. Brittany was like, what is happening? I mean, she literally said that out loud in the theater. What is happening? And I'm just That's over a there good question, with Brittany. my mouth open like, 
They're ruining <laughs> the, the thing I was so excited Stop about. Stop the movie. It was it was rough. Okay. That's so, weird. So I, I was just checking out the Sam Raimi directed He did all of them. All three of them. I just I was just hoping against hope that like someone else did this third one and that's why it was so bad. No, this wasn't no. this wasn't a X-Men last stand situation where I haven't seen know, that one either. Oh. <laughs> that's forgivable cuz X-Men last stand is not I think good. the last X-Men movie I saw was like 2001. Was there well, one that, that would have been the original X-Men. I probably saw one in college sometime. X2 X-Men United. But anyways, yeah, I think I saw that one. Back back Sounds to right. Ant-Man. <laughs> Back to Ant-Man. So I really enjoyed when I eventually watched Ant-Man. I watched I watched Ant-Man because I was going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp in the theater because I have movie pass and it was going to be free. So <laughs> there's no reason why not to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp when it is free to go watch it in the theater. But before I was going to do that, I was going to watch Ant-Man before I went and watched this this sequel, which is which is apparently a sequel to more than just Ant-Man. Oh, gosh, but yeah. I didn't know that. Should have also watched Civil War, Phil. So, you didn't tell me that. So, uh, we ordered, ordered Ant-Man from Redbox, and I really, really enjoyed it because, like Spider-Man that I was saying about, I don't know, five, six minutes ago, like Spider-Man, it was way more, like, the power is interesting and cool, but it was also equally as much about the person that he was before he got the power and how the person that he actually is and the person that the persons that they actually are, I mean, between Hank um, who actually you know, created the suit and originally used the suit and is now helping this. Well, he created the pim particle that makes all of it possible. Right. So no, he's like some brilliant scientist. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and his, uh, his daughter who wants to help and, and helps, helps Paul Rudd. What's his name? Scott Lang. Scott, thank you. Helps Scott do what I thought was one of the most interesting parts of of being Ant-Man is that when you have the suit on in your regular size, you're really just a regular size person that needs to know how to do something about people that don't want you to be where you are and doing what you're doing. So, you know, he learned all these uh, martial arts and that sort of stuff and had to know those, those sort of things. And there was also, and sort of the way with Spider-Man, how he like has to learn how to swing and find stuff to connect to again. And, um, and that sort of stuff. But you, like he had to learn how to, you know, communicate with the ants. He had to learn how to become small really quickly or big really quickly, depending on the situation to get through the keyhole. Doesn't he go through a keyhole mm-hmm. at one point to practice? Not the first time he tries, of course, but, um, <laughs> but so, I mean, it was really interesting to me that there was, there was a lot of skill involved in, in being this superhero, because sometimes you were just going to be a regular person in a suit having to fight off people and then you can become small. And sometimes you were going to have to like have, have kind of a real, um, a real detailed, um, yeah, it's a lot of puzzle and problem solving. Skills. Right. That yeah. too. I'm thinking of just like the, um, the you had to be able to control the suit, like whether you were big or small in a really quick fashion mm-hmm. and know when, when I want to be big and when I want to be small. So that was really cool because I don't enjoy, I guess the thing that I dislike most about most superheroes is that they just have their powers and then they just use their powers. Yeah. And that's that. And yeah, that's kind of, to me, that's kind of what makes Iron Man interesting too, right? Is that he's just really rich, but also really, brilliant at creating things like True. he doesn't really have any power other than just his ability to 
create things. Well, and you know, his wealth as well that, 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 you know, supplies his ability to create things. Money is power. Um, whereas someone like Thor is kind of, you know, he's just, he's got all these, these powers and, and he's just not as interesting to me as, as someone like Iron Man or even to the, to, to go with Captain America, right? He's, he takes this uh, super serum thing that makes him really strong. But other than that, I mean, granted, he has the heart behind it, right? Because he used to be this small nobody. Uh, but people like Iron Man or Ant-Man or even Spider-Man, who gets all these crazy abilities, but also is kind of a, kind of like a mini Tony Stark because he's also very creative and, and wants to create things. I, I tend to fall more towards those characters as well because it's, it's like the whole Batman thing, right? Like anybody could be uh, Batman with the right uh, supplies and, sure. and mm-hmm. the, 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 the right, right butler. The right butler, yeah. The right mobile. But Superman to me has always been boring, you know, because he's just I, all I powerful. Agree. I agree for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting to me too um, that Scott was kind of a Robin Hood type Heist figure, love Michael Pena too. And he's, he's a, great. He, let's let's not glaze over the fact that he is also, you know, a criminal. Yeah, no, no, we're gonna glaze over that fact. <laughs> so he's a heist figure in a very Robin Hood esque way. Yes. Um, and and he had to have those skills, and his buddies had to have their skills to make it all happen in a very like his buddies didn't have any superpowers, right? And right. yet they were all part of it too. So. I just, I'm all for superpowers, but if that's kind of like the ultimate uh, thing going on in the movie, uh, it's hard to relate to it. It, yeah, it's hard to relate. It's hard to, it's hard for me to root as much because like you have such an incredible advantage. Like, of course you should beat this bad guy. It's kind of like when I see old footage of John Cruck playing baseball, I think, Hey, I'm, I'm a little overweight. Maybe I could play baseball, but if I watch LeBron James playing basketball, I know there's no way I could ever do that. But someone like John Cruck or someone like uh, Scott Lang, Bartolo Colon, <laughs> yeah, someone who apparently doesn't age or you know has you've seen Bartolo Colon batting right? el- elixir. Yeah, I mean I've seen some. Uh, I've seen a few of his his cuts. Yeah, that's a. That gives me hope YouTube, that I could that's be a good YouTube poll. Yeah, I could I could be a baseball player someday. Right. These these characters are a little more relatable. A little bit, just easy to root for. Um, so I, I I really enjoyed that. I mean that, that that and the stakes are so much lower in these movies when you compare them to some of the other other movies. Other than the fact that oh, if he gets caught out of the house, he's gonna like see. I don't know. To all. me, they're higher because I actually care about these people. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, like, if you just that. got, if you got a superhero, if you got a superpower, like Captain America. Um, now I haven't watched his movies that much, so maybe I'll become more of a fan of him. But from what I know about him, and from the little I've seen of him, I'm not that big of a fan of him because yeah, he was a little guy, but like all of his powers are just given to him, yeah. and so then he just goes and uses those powers that were given to him. And if if he gets if he screws it up. Like that's just bad on you because you were just given all the powers, you know. Whereas, like, I care about Scott Lang. I don't, uh, and his daughter, who's just cute as can be, and they have a great relationship. And I don't want them to be apart from one another. And so, I I care about these people. So to me, the stakes are really high, and it's always going to turn out well, right? That's just the type of movie that it is. 
Yeah. Okay. These movies are that type of movie, but not every Marvel movie always turns out well. Apparently. (laughs) Some of them don't turn out well. The ones I've seen so far all turn out well. So you know that he's not going to be locked up forever or killed by the Hornet. He's only just going to be trapped in uh, the quantum realm with no way of escaping. You know I mean? Yeah. You knew he was going to go there and then find some way out because they were going to end the movie with... This guy you've been rooting for, he's gone now. I could, this this is, is it was so funny to me watching this movie because the whole movie, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I know this is set before Infinity War, right? Um, and so I'm thinking, eventually they're gonna, it, they're gonna address that somehow. Okay, I'm not gonna say exactly what happened, right? Because you still haven't seen it. But the whole time I was thinking this happened after Infinity War, and apparently Infinity no. War was in Germany. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> Germany was from Civil War. I didn't know that. <laughs> Get your facts straight, Philip. <laughs> Civil War is great. Um, I've heard different really good things about Civil War. You talked about, I'm assuming you saw the first Captain America and you you were talking about not liking him. As I think much. I did see it. The first Captain America is, it's, it's okay. I mean, it, it is good what to it hear. is. But the the second one and the third one, so Winter Soldier and Civil War. That's good to hear. They're they're like in probably the top five. Yeah, I did I did see the first one and it was really lackluster. And then when the other ones came out, I was like, eh. Because Cap's real superpower. I'm not going to see that. Cap's real superpower is his unwavering sense of doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like that's really it, right? Yeah, he's very strong. But like in in the Winter Soldier and especially in Civil War, you see where his his true battles are you know standing up for what's right when no one else will and and all that kind of stuff but the whole time i'm watching ant-man and the wasp i'm thinking eventually they're going to catch up to what happens in infinity war and it's going to have some type of impact like we're not getting through this movie without that happening whole movie i'm thinking that it's in the back of my mind then we hit those credits you know like the the first set of credits with the animated stuff it's like my main my mind just shuts off. I forget all about that. And then this this mid-credit scene happens. And I'm just all about it. I'm like, oh yeah, what's what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then, you know, he's he's like, guys, are you there? And he starts freaking out. As soon as it cuts back and you see that they've, you know, like disintegrated or disappeared or whatever, I'm just like, Oh my God, I completely forgot about that. Like it just exited my mind right, right when the, the mid credit scene was about to happen. And it, it, it caught me off guard. Now I can only imagine what it was like for you watching that, having no real context of, of what was going on. Um, but that's that mid credit scene was, was great. I love that. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited for the, for Avengers 4 because I think Ant-Man's going to play a big role in it. I have no idea how they're going to find him or, or how that's going to happen. But I feel like they kind of they kind of tipped their hand a little bit in this movie, especially in that mid-credit scene. Even some of the things they were saying, it kind of seemed like they were setting it up for this quantum realm or um and Ant-Man being stuck there that it might have some significant play on what happens in Avengers four. So they, I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer even says something about like time and, and you know, something crazy about that. So I really feel like Ant-Man's going to have an even bigger role in the next Avengers movie. Cause he wasn't in infinity war at all. Um, so I'm excited from that standpoint. I understand you're, you have nothing really to be excited about. For I got that some catching up to do. You got no context. Yeah. So we, 
really, I would love to do kind of a Marvel, you know, review at some point. I don't know how we do it. I don't know where it, where it lives. If it's, if they're just like bonus episodes that we put out. Um, but I, I would love to go back through all these movies because phase one, I've seen all of those movies multiple times, but pretty much everything from phase two on, I've only seen one time with the exception of civil war and homecoming. I've seen those twice, but like the first day, man, I only saw it in the pretty much all of them. I've just seen in theater um, and haven't watched it all since. And so I'd, I kind of would like to go back and especially getting ready for Avengers four, which is going to be just craziness. So maybe we can, maybe we can do that some way, somehow. When's that supposed to come out? In May. So we got some time. Maybe it could be like, we break it down to do like one a week or something leading up to Avengers four. It'd be fun. We we could maybe make that happen. The bonus episodes, they they could be shorter, right? Cause, but you got to watch the movies, Philip. You'll have homework. I can watch a movie. You'll have homework yeah. every week. Yeah. Especially if they're available somewhere. I can find some time to watch it. A lot of them are on Netflix and they are like civil wars on there. So yeah. And Thor Ragnarok. Did, did you see Ragnarok? I haven't seen any of the Thor okay. movies. Right. Well, that, that picture you sent me of the tweet with the three houses is a pretty accurate, um, <laughs> pretty accurate depiction of what to expect. In, we'll, we'll post that in the show notes in the, uh, in the three Thor movies. Yeah. Yeah. We'll check the show notes for that, that, uh, picture of three houses and how they relate to the Thor trilogy. It's, I'm not, just not a big Thor fan for the most part, but that's all right. Ragnarok was fun. There's three, three tweets from, uh, regarding one from movie pass. That's really a trip. And then two about movie pass (laughs) that are just excellent, solid tweets that we'll also post in the, in the show notes. I I do have a 1000 character limit in, uh, in my show notes. Sorry about that. That, that link, Anch- Anchor that needs link to get uses. it together. Yeah. Anch- Anchor needs to figure that out. Double it at least. Yeah. Maybe once we let them put ads on our podcast, they'll let us have more characters. <laughs> Got to get up to that $7, man. That's right. That lifetime seven. So we would split that, right? Three fifty, three fifty. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're editing every podcast and mixing every <laughs> podcast and, Performing all things other than speaking into the mic and you speak into the mic. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go 50-50 with you. That was a test. It's a deal. And you failed. <laughs>